0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another America's Conservative Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Denzel. It's Monday, and I am convinced that the New England Patriots have completely sold their souls to the devil for the – is it luck? I mean, granted, we know about the cheating stuff from years ago, and then we know about the deflate gate and, and all of that. And here you have, though, a season where – Tom Brady got suspended for the first four games, and they still win the Super Bowl, and they win it coming back from 28-3. to 3. I will have you know, I didn't watch it. I had several things to do. I'm still trying to recover from being sick last week. I still cannot believe that I got I had an asthma attack and uh, food poisoning within 48 hours of each other. That just cannot be possible, but it happened. So I'm still trying to recover from all of that. I feel real good today. My voice feels good and I've been coughing a little bit, but the sniffles, I think the medicine has finally built up in me and I'm feeling good, although the pollen counts are going to be crazy. But I had several things to catch up on yesterday and yesterday evening and uh, I was actually listening to some old episodes of Star Trek Voyager while doing my work because I'm a geek and just staying here at home and that's what I do but i saw that they came back and then it went to overtime and they won 34 to 28 and of course that doesn't please me as a steelers fan but uh, crazy just i, I guess it's going to have to go down as the greatest what's well, the greatest comeback in super bowl history and probably going to go down as maybe the greatest super bowl game in history it have to be have to be considering what happened, and is this the first Super Bowl to go to overtime? I don't even know. I think it is. So, you just wonder, As uh, once again, as a Steelers fan just too tough? They're just, I mean, at some point, I think, especially Steeler fans, because I think over the years we've been seen as the team that has been hurt the most, at least in the AFC, by... New England being so good that at some point you just have to say, you know what? They're just better. And, that, and I think that's tough. I think that's tough for a lot of Steeler fans to do. And I can talk up the cheating angle from years ago as well as anybody. But at some point you just have to say, you know what? The reason they are so good is they're just better. It's just not Tom Brady. They won with a backup quarterback in. And they have a bunch of no-name our receivers, uh, it seems no matter. They had Danny Woodhead in there from years ago and Wes Welker and all. It doesn't matter. Just plug them in and they just keep winning. That's just the way it is. The other team may have uh, faster players, bigger players, more well-known players. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh. And, of course, many people have brought up with the Steelers, with what went on with Antonio Brown. He would never get away with that in a a Patriots locker room. Probably. Probably. And it could be just the attitude could be the reason that the Patriots continue to win. And the Steelers, hey, they went to the AFC Championship game. But you look at it on paper, and really, the Steelers should win. Should win. Didn't come close to winning. And I thought in the Super Bowl, I thought the Falcons would blow them out. Uh, given what I saw from the Falcons the, the weeks before. Uh, and it was looking like that was going to happen. And then everything just changed. It went from 28-3 to 28-28, I, I guess, fairly quickly from looking at it. And Falcons made their share of mistakes, I guess. just Just one of those things. Just two... Tough, and I think just in life, when you start just realizing that somebody's doing better than you because they're working harder, they're just pl- they plan their lives better. Whatever the case may be, they save money better, they work harder, they stay out of trouble better. Everything else. At some point, you just have to say, "Well, you know what? That person's just better," and that is who the Patriots are. I don't like them. I think that Tom Brady is, is smug. I think I think the Bill Belichick is arrogant, but they know how to win, and that's the only thing that matters. Even if they aren't cheating or whatever they're doing, where it goes. So I missed the Super Bowl. I don't mind missing it. I had more important things to do. Enjoyed my time. Uh, I I haven't even seen Lady Gaga's halftime show on YouTube or anywhere else. I heard it was pretty good. I'm not a fan. Super, the best Super time, the half Bowl, bowl halftime show is always going to be when Prince did it. What was that, 10 years ago, something like that? That's always going to be the best one in my mind. So let's get to the show. Speaking of the Super Bowl, being it was on Fox. Donald Trump did an interview. I guess everybody's going to be talking about this today, right? Every Every show, every podcast, every show on Red State Talk Radio, every show on Terrestrial Radio is going to be talking about Donald Trump and what he had to say about Bill O'Reilly, specifically two, I guess, different things. There was the talk about Obamacare and how if you look into the words that he used more and more, like I said last week, it's not going to be repeal and replace. It's going to be retreat and repair or something like that. Yeah, repeal and replace, retreat and repair. You could definitely read into that in that interview and maybe i'll go into that a little bit later in the show if i have time i talked about it so much last week but we might touch upon that again but the main part was what he had to say about russia and vladimir putin would what bill o'reilly said to him about how putin's a killer and then the response that well we're not innocent either and then he went on to Talk about uh, going into Iraq in 2003 once again, as if drawing some moral equivalence. You know what this reminds me of? I don't know how much you hear about it now. I'm not saying lefties don't think this way now, but you just don't. There's some doing so many kooky things these days that uh, maybe this doesn't come up anymore. But back in the day... When maybe in the 90s, maybe, yeah, 90s, let's say 80s, 90s, it used to be the talk about how only certain countries in the world have nuclear weapons. United States, England, France, China, Soviet Union, and then a lot of those countries. I mean, you have to remember something. Not even the Soviet Union gave nuclear weapons to Iran back in the day. I have to remember that. Not even the Soviet Union gave nuclear weapons to North Korea. But the talk back then was, what makes these countries so special that they get to have nuclear weapons and everybody doesn't? Why is it the United States is always trying to keep nuclear weapons out of certain countries' hands when they're the only ones that have used nuclear weapons in war in the history of the world? How could they ever do that? That's a familiar, familiar uh, tactic that used to be used back in the day regarding nuclear weapons. I guess when nuclear weapon talk was a lot more common than it is now, the talk today is all about terrorism. That's the main threat. I, although terrorists getting a nuclear weapon uh, is, of course, a main concern. But back in the day when it was Soviet Union, and the United States, and missiles pointed at each other and These other countries that wanted to get their hands on nuclear weapons, and how dare that they have tried to keep these nuclear weapons out of these other countries' hands when they have nuclear weapons themselves. And this is what I think of when I think about – when I hear Donald Trump say what he says about uh, Vladimir Putin and the United States. See, this is why I think Bill O'Reilly is an airhead. I think he's a pinhead. Um, He's interviewed – he probably has access to Donald Trump as easily as easy as any other person in media in the world, maybe outside of Sean Hannity, because Bill O'Reilly and Donald Trump have known each other for years and years and years. Maybe this is one of the reasons, though, that he doesn't push – I mean try to push a little bit on Donald Trump regarding this, but they moved – this is just – a very short spot, part of a very long interview. But couldn't you? Couldn't he say at some point? Bill O'Reilly said, "Yeah, but we're the good guys." Just something as simple as that. Do you not see uh, the difference between the United States? And Russia, do you not see the difference between—I mean, surely there's even a difference between Barack Obama and Vladimir Putin. Even I can say that. Granted, Barack Obama had people following—who was it? James Rosen from Fox News. Remember that story? Was it had something to do with leaking information or whatever it was? Barack Obama—I know the left didn't think much of that story. But the administration—I mean, you just follow somebody. If you even – if we as American citizens even find out that the government is tracking some person in the media, we're upset. You can't even keep that a secret in the United States, and look how outraged every – that's what we do in the United States. I don't know if the government realistically – I know there's all sorts of conspiracy theories out there, and maybe this is where Donald Trump is trying to go with this. But Vladimir Putin out, just outrightly has had foes in the media and politics killed. There's no doubt about that. Not a lot. It's not, I don't think, in the hundreds. I don't think it's 50. But he has. He has. It's certainly more realistic than all that list of uh, Clinton people who, you know, all those people that the Clintons have known who have died, if you believe in that stuff. Guess what? Eventually, everybody who knows me is going to die too. <laughs> you know, we all die. Just because people die doesn't make it a conspiracy. You know why? Because everybody dies. Now, if somebody gets hit by a bolt of lightning, like 10 of my friends get hit by a bolt of lightning on the same day, now that might be weird as a method of death, but them dying, I don't know if that's weird or not. Have to look into each individual case. But to my knowledge Barack Obama hasn't had didn't have any media people killed or any political opposition people killed to my knowledge either did George W Bush once again we get back to Bill Clinton did any of his political rivals or anybody in the media get assassinated or anything while he was president But here Vladimir Putin is it's on the record of course the first guy I think of is that guy that got the 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 radiation poisoning, and it happened—I mean, Vladimir Putin has killed people in other countries. That guy, once again, that reporter, whoever he was, that died from um, radiation poisoning. It happened in England. Or was it France? It wasn't in Russia. I know that. I mean, he had the opportunity—he had the ability to do that. Are we doing that? That's what I would ask—would have asked Donald Trump. So you're saying that—so— so you're saying that the United States, Barack Obama, or George W. Bush, actually had political opposition people killed? He had media people killed? Is that what you're saying? Of, cor- of course they haven't. But I wonder why Bill O'Reilly doesn't put it that way. See, this is what bothers me about Donald Trump. One more thing, as if you need to hear one more thing that bothers me about him. Uh, you always have to worry about people who are not ideological because you're often going to find that when you find people who aren't ideological or have a philosophy about life, that they kind of just make up stuff as they go. There's, they have no basis on which to judge anything. Everything is just spur of the moment. And he has said this before, and he's gotten away with it. He's gotten away with it. And I guess he's going to continue to get away with it. Um, unless somebody actually can get to him and say, you know, do you really mean that? Well, the United States isn't innocent either. So us going into Iraq is the same as Putin killing his political opposition and, and reporters in Russia. Really? Really? That's an interesting way to look at life. So I I don't know what Barack or uh, Donald Trump is talking about. Does he mean it? Is he saying it just for effect? Is he saying it just to get a rise out of people? Because I'm guessing he knew what the topics were going to be before he agreed to do the interview, and he knew what the questions were going to be because that's how these things all happen. So he planned on saying that. So when he says make America great again, what time frame is he exactly talking about? Because the United States has pretty much been handling its business regarding political opposition and media and everything for a long time. It's hard to square all of this stuff that comes out of his mouth, and that's why I start wondering – does he believe it or doesn't he believe it meanwhile and this just shows you how bizarre this can get you know he says he you know i i should say i get it that he says he ha- he respects vladimir putin what's he going to say on that i'm not going to give him a hard time on on that he knows that at some point he and vladimir putin are going to be standing in the same room and i don't think even Donald Trump wants something on the record where he goes, I don't respect Vladimir Putin, and then have to confront the guy in person because Vladimir Putin would knock Donald Trump's, you know, one on one, Vladimir Putin would take care of Donald Trump in about two seconds. And I'm sure Donald Trump knows that, and there's no Secret Service person who could stop that. That would be funny, though. Not that I'm rooting for Vladimir Putin, but just saying Trump knows. He knows that Vladimir Putin's going to find out about that interview, and so he has to say that. And it might it probably is true, given everything that, uh, that Donald Trump thinks about, has said so nicely about Vladimir Putin, I guess he does respect them. But once again, I, I fall back on, he's going to say that whether he does or doesn't. He could have been trashing Vladimir Putin for the last year and a half. when Bill O'Reilly asked that question, he's going to say, "I respect him." And I'm not – I'm going to not get crazy on that. But what I am going to get crazy at is that he's saying he respects Vladimir Putin in the United States. What they're doing is no better than what Russia has done, what Vladimir Putin has done. And then Nikki Haley is going – is at the UN now as the ambassador and is – you know of course is uh, threatening Russia and – talking about defending Ukraine and the rest of it. It's all hard to figure out. Maybe that's the plan. I doubt it. I doubt it. And the tough part is that at some point, all this is just all talk right now. This is just like the uh, time to- in the Republican nomination tra- process between August and the Iowa caucuses. Between August and the Iowa caucuses, it's all just talk. It's debates. It's back and forth. And nothing counts until people start start voting. Well, regarding this topic of Russia, or we want to talk about China, or Iran, or any of this, this is all just talk until something actually has to be done. When Russia does something, when Iran does something, Iran they're shooting off missiles. I mean, Donald Trump becomes president, and they're just shooting off missiles like there's no tomorrow. China. I know what we're saying. I know what Donald Trump has said about China, and they're going to handle them. China's going to keep doing – I guess uh, I was reading an article that they're just going to continue to keep building down there in the South China Sea. It's theirs because their name's on it. China Sea must be ours. So at some point, all of these conflicting messages, whether it's you know the United States is no better than Russia, but then you have your UN ambassador saying it's going to protect the Ukraine. And at some point, all of this has to come together, no different than last week. On one hand, he keeps saying the wall is going to cure everything. But on the other hand, on one hand, the wall is going to cure everything. On the other hand, we're going to have to send the United States. States military down into Mexico to keep the drugs from getting the United States. I thought you just said the wall was gonna stop that. At some point, something has to happen that goes one way or the other. It seems very it seems to me to be very, very haphazard. But it also is is proof once again regarding Donald Trump. That he is no conservative. He just had, I, I, I gotta tell you, being that he is so worried about being cool and being popular and everything, why am I still under the belief the only reason he nominated some of these conservatives, these cabinet positions, is because it was cool? It is, I, really? Because he's no conservative. No conservative would do an interview with Bill O'Reilly. And say that. Yes, a conservative might say I respect uh, Vladimir Putin. George W. Bush, I'm sure, at least said that once. But George W. Bush never thought that the United States was the moral equivalent of Russia. Surely. Russia has never fought for good in the world. Ever. 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 Even during World War II, yeah, they were allied with us only so they could get half of Europe to themselves and create hell on earth for those people uh, behind, you know, behind the Berlin Wall and those so- the Soviet-packed countries of uh, you know, Czechoslovakia and Bulgaria and Albania and all the rest of them, creating hell on earth for all those people. Those people's lives didn't get any better after World War II. They got worse. Russia has done nothing in its history but to cause problems for people, and you want to draw the equivalence between them and us, Donald Trump? Really? No conservative would say that, and that's why it's going to continue to be dicey, and that's why I uh, tried to tell all of you. This is – once again, you have to figure out. Does he believe it or is he just saying it? Trashing his own country, and it the, the the bad part about it, it's not even true. It if it was true, I could kind of get it. In fact, if it was true, I'd expect him to poo-poo it. But it's not true. We're not perfect. The reason we aren't perfect is because people aren't perfect. But surely, there's a difference between what has been going on in the, the, the Russia the last 15 years than what's been going on here, even with Barack Obama as president. Surely that Donald Trump doesn't want to admit that or can't admit it or knows it's not true but just wants to say that the United States isn't much better just because, because – he feels like in some way, he'd be giving Barack Obama whoever else too much credit is a problem. It's an ego I think that you know if I think that I know Donald Trump the way I do, I think that he says that not because he means it, but because he doesn't want to give any of his predecessors any credit. For Donald Trump, it's not about him rising above the crowd. It's him about pushing everybody else down, down into the sewer where he is. That's the the way I I look at him. And I think that uh, his mentality is one of a person who really doesn't understand that much about how the world works especially considering trade and the wall and immigration and, and everything else, even though I do think that he had the constitutional right to do what he did with the executive order. He, he lacks an understanding, and when you, when you get him off script, you, know, you get him to talk about policies in depth. This is what he says. Once again, the problem with him is always going to be he is not a knee-jerk conservative. When he starts getting on a topic and he starts fudging around and doesn't know what to say, he defaults to stuff like what he says there. Probably because that's comfortable for him because he wants to portray the United States in a bad way so then he can say that he made it great again. Meanwhile, that it's bad isn't even true. Our economy could be better. We do have issues in this country. But morally, we are the best country on this earth, period. More Americans have died for other countries than countries' citizens have died for us. <coughs> and we did it by choice, not by force. And he wants to say that we're no better than you know. When did this start changing? I'd like to know when he starts thinking that the United States was the moral equivalent of Russia. I guess, well, he brought up Iraq. Going into Iraq is the same as is Vladimir Putin knocking off reporters and political foes. It's crazy. It's crazy, and he, he you know. It, for these conservatives like Laura Ingram, who now say they regret going to Iraq, I wonder what she's saying, what she's saying about you know, uh, what Donald Trump said now. Is she going to also say because we went into Iraq that the United States isn't better than Russia now? And keep in mind, he's been saying this for a while. And remember all those people who said, oh, don't worry about that. Once he gets in there, he'll have people around him, and they'll tell him what to say. They'll be able to control him and everything. This is the single most horrible thing a Republican president has said about the United States in history, in history, not in the last 12 years. Not, you know, since uh, 1960 or whatever else. In the history of Republican presidents, this is the worst thing that's ever been said by any one of them. Yeah, we're not innocent either. What does that mean? That we killed some bad guys. That, yes, we might have killed some innocent people by accident, by mistake, because that's where the bad guys were. And that's equivalent to, to, to his mind. It just – I'm telling you, you don't understand. Donald Trump is a simpleton. And I think that's going to become more and more obvious as this goes on. I, I draw the – I keep drawing the analogy of chess. Anybody can stay with a grandmaster for 20 moves. It's after those 20 moves. Do you have your pieces in the right place to continue the game? Uh and not get your butt kicked. Right now we're just in the beginning. And to me, he is putting his positions in all the wrong places. He has the perfectly fine people who he nominated, but I really wonder if he's going to allow them to do their jobs. And how long can you can you continue this dichotomy between what he says about Russia and respecting Russia, and how the United States is better, and for example, what Lee, Nikki Haley said regarding Russia and Ukraine, I just wonder. But I want you to think about that. The single, I has to be the single worst statement by a Republican president ever. I don't know. He's not a knee-jerk conservative, and that's always going to be a problem. And if those people around him can't even control that coming out of his mouth, that should be a no-brainer. You're going through the interview. Okay, I think Bill's going to ask you this question. What are you going to say, Donald? And he says, no, you can't say that. You can't say that. If they can't control him on something like that, which is an obvious mistake— then how could they control him on anything else? I don't know. I, I, have no, I, I have no idea. But it seems that that statement is something that Donald Trump really, really likes. And once again, I think he likes it because then he can portray how we're going to make America innocent again. We're going to make it great again. So, But to make it great again, we have to make sure everybody knows The the United States is way, way, way down in the crapper to the point where we're the equivalent of Russia, where we're killing reporters and killing political foes. That's how low I have to make the United States so I can make sure that it gets great again. It's it is disgusting. And dare I say this word? It's deplorable. And And the funny thing is that. All these people on my Facebook page, friends of mine who are Trump supporters, not one word, not one word defending them. Not one word making you know criticizing them for it. They're no different than the liberals who you know will say all these crazy things about conservatives, and when something uh, liberal says that is indefensible, they just they just disappear. They don't say anything about it. It's horrible on both sides, and you wonder why so many people just get frustrated with politics. I got to go to the break. You've been listening to America's Conservative Podcast. The voice of American conservatism, WRS Digital, Red State Talk Radio. And we are back at America's Conservative Podcast. I'm predicting that this topic about what comes out of Donald Trump's mouth and how he talks about The United States and all of that is going to always be an issue. It's going to be an issue for the next – however long Donald Trump is president, it's going to be an issue. It's going to be. And because I think that down deep – I'm not saying that – once again, I'm not saying he even believes it. But he has to say that to make himself look better. This is why – Uh, Look, this is no different kind of like what he did with Chris Christie. Took him in and then made fun of him. You know, He beat Christie in the nomination race. Christie went over to him to be loyal. And what did Donald Trump end up doing? Made Christie look like an idiot. Chris Christie looked like an idiot. And a lot of people were happy to see that because they hate Chris Christie so much. But you have to understand that what Donald's doing there is an issue of character. It shouldn't matter how good or bad Chris Christie is, whether you think he's a bully or not. The way Donald Trump handled that is just wrong. It's just wrong. But once again, people get too caught up in, well, Chris Christie needs to be beat down, and Donald Trump was the first guy to do that, and look how tough he is, and look how macho he is. He's the alpha male and everything else. It never occurs to them that what he's doing is wrong. These, never to these people it's wrong. Never occurs to them. And that's an issue of character of these people. Let's move on to something else. I also saw regarding Donald Trump, uh, he goes, any negative – he tweeted this out – any negative polls are fake news. Now, I predicted this uh, a couple weeks ago, I think even before Donald Trump became president. That any bad news during Donald Trump's presidency will be seen as lies. And any good news will be seen as the truth. And so who do you think eventually is going to be specializing in fake news? NBC, CBS, ABC, the rest of them, or the Trump White House? Because bad news is going to happen. And probably at least some of it is going to be the Trump administration's fault. But like I think Barack Obama, you're going to have a president who really doesn't want to talk about it, really does not see himself as part of the problem. Even to this day, Barack Obama is not going to take any blame for 1,000 Democrats losing their seats while he was president. Once again, I know that they have to go out and win those things themselves. <coughs> but it certainly did coincide with him being president. I mean, George W. Bush wasn't president when that happened. Donald Trump wasn't president when that happened. It happened while, while Barack Obama was president. And he just happens to be a Democrat. Is This is the kind of leader we got now. This is kind of, uh, you know, and this shouldn't be any surprise regarding this fake news stuff. Because as I was thinking, there has been no presidential candidate who has bought more, and now president, who has bought more into fake news than Donald Trump has. Ted Cruz's dad being part of the JFK assassination. The birth certificate stuff. Uh, Even going back to George, remember George W. Bush caused 9-11? Remember that? Nobody has bought into fake news more than Donald Trump. So he should be an expert on it. And he has used fake news to his advantage over the years. But now he doesn't want anything to do with fake news. Uh, if If it's negative, it's fake news. I, I I just don't see I, I I once again I know what I'm reading out there I just don't I want you to know that I see out there I I hear about all these regulations they're going to be pulled back and I know how we're going to put up the wall and I know about all the immigration we're going to stop I I hear about these things that are supposed to be so good and some of them w- which I agree with. But I, in the end, always end up looking at the character of the guy to really determine uh, what is going to happen. I'm not saying I'm necessarily going to vote for the guy or the woman. Going back to, for example, George W. Bush. I think George W. Bush is a per- perfectly honorable guy. I think he's a moral guy, but he wasn't conservative. But I kind of knew as long as... He was president that the United States would have a moral core, and I still believe that, even though he's not conservative. And from a political point of view, I think going back to at least 2004, I might have a problem voting for him for that reason. But once again, I understand that Donald – that George W. Bush – is a good guy. John McCain, not so sure. Mitt Romney, once again, good guy, not conservative. Donald Trump, not conservative, not a good guy. And see, I think that the good guy stuff matters. It, what I don't think enough conservatives appreciate is that once again, getting back to the whole thing Well, you we just need to beat Hillary Clinton, that's what we need to do, we need to do it, have to do it, got to do it, it's imperative, we have to do it, got to do it 100%, that you don't realize that even if you get who you want, it, and you get what you want, it doesn't matter if the person there doesn't have that moral core. If he can't answer a question about some moral equivalence between the Russia and the United States, it ma- I know I guess conservatives as long as we're getting regulations pulled back, we don't care what he says. As long as we're getting more pro life, we don't care what he says. As long as we're doing this, as long as this has happened, these pauses, we don't care what he says. And I think it does matter what he says. I think it does because what you all of you don't realize is that there are new people who are coming to politics every day and when they start equating a guy, a person like Donald Trump who says all of this outrageous stuff and then a couple conservative things happen here here and there they start equating one with the other and that is a problem it's a problem It makes them less likely to embrace it because they don't want to have anything to do with that type of person no matter what happens while that person is president. I think this – I got to tell you. I think this is exactly what happened with Barack Obama. I I know that he continues to be a popular guy, but there's – for some reason he lost votes between 2008 and 2012 for some reason, and for some reason, all those Democrats lost all of their seats while he was president, even though he himself allegedly was popular. These things matter. So uh, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, I see, I still see this, and I know that I'm in the minority, and I know that you're not going to hear this anywhere else on Red State Talk Radio, and I, I guess all the other hosts on red state talk radio today and tonight are going to find up ways to construe themselves twist them into pretzels defending what Barack or Donald Trump said with Bill O'Reilly and you know because maybe some of them you know think there is equivalence and yeah we shouldn't have gone into Iraq so he's right for putting that out and they don't understand that there's a, a bigger issue here You know once again, all because all of you got so caught up in hating Hillary Clinton that you now think you have to defend Donald Trump at whatever cost because I knew that was going see that's the part of it that I knew was going to happen that it was never going to be well, we got to vote for Donald Trump because the alternative is Hillary Clinton, and then once he get in gets in there we 're just going to hold him to every single thing that he said, and we're going to be all of We are going to be hardest. I knew that wasn't going to happen because people's egos get caught up in this. Because soon as they start giving Donald Trump a hard time, the person they voted for, there's going to be somebody who comes along like me who says, you mean you didn't see this beforehand? Really? Why are you complaining? You didn't see this coming. You voted for him, so now you're just going to have to keep your mouth shut and live with it. Instead, they go the opposite direction, and they start defending him once again because their ego – well, I got to – I voted for this guy, and I I don't want to look like I made a mistake, so I got to defend this guy. This is what happens when you put the importance of men and humans over laws and principles, and it never ends well. Like this. It never does. No matter how many people. It's no different than marrying the stripper. There, there hasn't been a guy alive. Who hasn't gone to a strip club. And thought. You know what? I think she and I would make a pretty good couple. There's not a guy alive who hasn't done that. Now luckily. Most guys. Once they sober up. The next morning. They said no 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 no, I can't do that. I could do a lot of things in life. But I can't do that. But it seems to me that too many people are going to continue to go the stripper route. They're gonna get, they're gonna date the stripper, and when people say, "You, you know that, you know she's taking a couple bucks on the outside to go out in the alley behind," oh no, 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 she's not doing that. No, 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 she's not doing that. And you know she's supposed to come home last night after work, and then she didn't get home till one the, in the afternoon the next day. You know, she, no, 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 she had something come up. She had to go see her, you know. This is what a lot of conservatives and Republicans are doing right now for Donald Trump. All because, to use the stripper analogy, everything looks so good. It's just the perfect scenario. It's, And you know it all has to end badly. I just don't think you can keep this up for four years. I don't think that you can... Uh, Govern through Twitter. I don't think that you can govern or govern just taking in all, you know, accepting all the, the the good news as being real and the the bad news as being fake. No, I don't. I don't think you can. Maybe you can. Of course, I was wrong about the election. Maybe you can. Maybe this is all just a figment of my imagination. But I, I – so when I hear about the regulations and these things that are going to be rolled back and the individual mandate and everything, I just wonder how long it can continue when you have a, a guy, an administration with aides around him who – they're they're not that conservative and they believe what they do. I, I, I happen to think that – can you really have a federal government that's – it's loosening the reins. But in the meantime, they have no idea what they're doing, and it's not genuine because the head guy really doesn't believe it anyway. See, this is one. This is one of the other issues. Once again, regarding fake news and all of this, is that how does how do we know he just doesn't wake up one day and starts believing, uh, you know, the liberal news and rejecting the conservative news? <clears throat> I don't know. I have no idea. So let's move on to something else. Uh, But we all – I should say we all know what happens when we ignore bad news in our life and only accept the good news. We know what happens. We know what happens. If you ignore bad news about your health, you die. You ignore bad news about your mortgage, you end up in the street. You end up – bad news about your car, you either end up on the side of the road or you get it repossessed. You ignore bad news about your job, you get fired. It's funny how reality uh, just continues to keep working no matter what uh, humans you know, seem to think they can do about it. On that point, what's going to continue to help Donald Trump? And this was a, a, a story by John Fund at National Review. This kind of goes back to what I was talking about last week, and I've been talking about for a while, that one of the advantages that Donald Trump has had is that his enemies – am I one? I, I guess I am. I guess I am. Donald Trump talks about me as a Never Trumper at least once a week now. That we, Once again, what did he say a couple weeks ago? The Never Trumpers are on life support. I tell you what, I was almost on life support last week, but it was from an asthma attack, not because of Donald Trump. But I don't think I – mean, I listen to my own show. I don't sound unhinged. I'm talking about conservative principles that allegedly Donald Trump believes in, allegedly. So I don't know how he could say that I'm unhinged. When I'm just talking about what he says he believes, now, as John Funn puts out points out, the reason that Donald Trump probably is going to is going to um continue to probably shine is not because of himself, but because of all of the people who oppose him who are unhinged who definitely directly oppose him, and these are all these people who believes in the Russians hacking the election. And all of the rest of it. Those people, they are so caught up in their own fears and getting attention and everything, they don't actually realize that they're help. They're helping Donald Trump. They think that they're, to use a horrible analogy, the canary in, in the coal mine. They are like the first responders to all. This. Don't you know how bad this is going? To the don't walk any further, miners. You see the canary you know, fall over dead, there's methane in there, gotta get out. These are the people, they think that these are these people. They these people do this, they think that they're the canary. And they're not. Really they're just kooks. And they continue to make Donald Trump look better day by day. And that's why I use the analogy, I guess it was last week or the week before, about the McCarthy hearings. If you can combat Donald Trump by being soft-spoken and logical and modest, it's going to take a while. But if you continue to do that, eventually you're going to win. It's just going to take some time. And that's why I said McCarthy, all these people wanted to fight fire with fire. Well, it was that that Welch guy – Who finally splashed some cold water in the whole thing by saying, sir, have you no decency or whatever the saying was. And I don't know, once again, if liberals have the courage to do that, to tone it down. They're never going to change their positions, but they're actually making Donald Trump look a lot – I mean the fear mongers that I have on my Facebook – and I know some of these people – And otherwise, they're good people. But they've completely lost their minds regarding Donald Trump. Even I can say that. And they continue to make him look good. The the courageous thing to do in a time like this is to soften the rhetoric. In a time like this, the time is to, whatever their values are, to stick to them but not to shout them and not to burn stuff and break windows and take over buildings and whatever you know like cars on fire and light a limo on fire whatever whatever it may be if they could show that they have some self-awareness and some modesty they might get somewhere maybe but John Fund is right, is what is helping Donald Trump is his, his opponents have completely lost their minds. And uh, very much like a football game is that, you know, you get out there. If you're a def- defense and you're out there on the field for too many plays, you start to get tired. Maybe kind of like maybe what happened to the Falcons for the Super Bowl. Would the Patriots run 90-some plays? A defense is going to get tired sooner or later. And these people, I think that's what's going to happen. You can't keep this up for four years. You can't. I don't know how many people really doing this anyway, but you just can't. Even if you're being paid to do it, at some point you're going to get bored. At some point you're going to move on to something else. You're going to find some other cause. At some point you're going to go on vacation. At some point you know maybe you just don't want to get out of bed you can just get take your check at home and so i just don't think they can keep it up and and because of that in the long run they're even helping donald trump more not that i support these people i don't i don't think that, i don't agree with them on any topic whatsoever but you know the difference is that I'm not. I, I. I'm not technically the opposition. I don't consider myself to be opposing Donald Trump. He's the one who said he was going to govern in a conservative way. I don't. I didn't believe it before the election. That's why I didn't vote for him, and I surely don't believe it now. No matter who he picked, and we'll see. I know we got to. Uh, uh, a nice justice to, to feel good about. I hope that warms your heart a couple years down the roads if Republicans have lost 800 seats across the country. Are you still going to feel good about that? We'll see. So, uh, but John Friend is right. I, you know, he has these unhinged opponents who just make Donald Trump. Look better. I don't even know if they realize that. I don't even know if that even occurs to them for a second by, w- by the way they act that to the neutral observer they look crazy. The person may not like Donald Trump, but these people over here, they're nuts. I don't think – I wouldn't mind having Donald Trump as a next-door neighbor even though I might not like him, but these people might come across over the fence and burn my house down. And so far it doesn't look like any of them are getting that. one more thing before I go. I saw this article at Fox News. seems that Elizabeth Warren you know this is just something hard for me to figure out. I don't know if this is once again if this real news is it fake news she may have problems getting reelected in Massachusetts. I guess she's up for re-election in 2018. I got to tell you, I can't see that. <laughs> Uh, She – I mean what has she done exactly that might have caused her to have problems, that would have her to have problems in Massachusetts? It's not like Massachusetts went Republican this time, right? I mean what is going on in Massachusetts that – is she out of – I know – I mean I know she's a hypocrite. I know she makes fun of the banks and all these other companies and is taking money from them and everything, but are, are, are suddenly Democrats in uh, Massachusetts suddenly caring about that? I find that hard to believe. Uh, I, I just wonder if, you know, being that it's coming from Fox News, is it just a way to make Donald Trump even look better? Look, now that Donald Trump's president, even Elizabeth Warren's going to have problems getting reelected. That's how much his influence is now spreading over the United States. We got all these people just eager to vote. And now, sh- is that true? I mean, I know that Scott Brown won there once in kind of a you know unique election, and you know how he did that. Uh, that's just hard for me to believe. Hard for me to believe, and I just wonder if it's just a story to further the. Legend of Donald Trump, I wonder. But I got to go. You can email me, Edward Denzel at Reagan.com. Follow the show on Twitter, USA Podcast. Find the show Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Prime Channel on RedStateTalkRadio.com. Find it on Podomatic and iTunes. Got a new episode of my other show, Unfound Out There, Missing Persons Show, The Disappearance of Teresa Butler in Missouri in 2006. Check that show out at iTunes, and Potomatic would love for you to give me a nice review on iTunes if you can figure out how to do that. I know it's complex. And that's about it. You've been listening to America's Conservative Podcast.